Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Matt Harmon, joined today by Charles McDonald, who is now the senior writer at For the, uh, For the Win. Charles, last time we had you on, man, you know, we were forced into talking about those damn New York teams. Yeah. Because, <laughs> but a lot a lot has changed since then. How, how are you enjoying the new gig, man? Uh, it's different. It's it, I'm not watching uh, the Giants and Jets every week. I mean, I see this over now, but I got here like December, and uh, uh, it's a lot less chaotic. Then, yeah, uh, sounds like job. it. <laughs> it's uh, it's very normal, you know. I, I work with people that I like. Uh, my co Stephen Ruiz, not co co worker Stephen Ruiz, does a great job uh, covering the NFL too. So, uh, it's been a great couple of months, and now that the season's over, you know, getting to free agency draft stuff. And uh, I have a feature about a Call of Duty Warzone player coming next week, so you know, wow. interesting stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. I I don't know about you. I love this time of year. I don't know if I am fully ready to commit to being like more that I enjoy the off season more than the in season. I mean, from a workload and like work life balance standpoint, I definitely enjoy the off season. But um, there's also part of me, too, that likes the content of the off season because, you know, we can kind of unfurl. Uh, our minds a little bit, talk about a lot of different things. But right now, we know that as we're heading into free agency, there's an awful lot of – I'm going to say it once, and then I'm going to uh, make it family-friendly for the rest of the show. But there's a lot of bull <laughs> flying around out there, man. You know, there's a lot uh, There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of uh, – this year, I feel like especially more than any other offseason – the possibilities of things that could happen seem en- endless, but it's all about kind of sifting through what's real and what's not. Yeah, I mean, this year is like, or not this year, but like this part of the year is smokescreen season. And not just for the draft, but for free agency too, as you, these teams try to figure out like who they're going to target and uh, start negotiating with agents so that they have something ready for the start of the league year. But, you know, there's a lot of crap that you're going to read uh, throughout the offseason. And I think we're here kind of at the beginning of it now. So, uh I'm I'm excited to dive in and see what you think about some of these rumors. I'm dead fast in like basically all of these, so so let's get these takes out. <laughs> I, I love it, right? And I feel like the Carson Wentz thing was the most uh, perfect kind of introduction to the rumor BS season because that one was so obvious that the first time that you see 
Oh, it, it, there's this huge market for Carson Wentz, like multiple first round picks. That's what's going to be traded. It was so obvious. It's like, all right, that's BS. That's Absolutely. coming from the that's coming from the Eagles for sure. They're trying to drum something up that wasn't there. So I feel like that was the perfect introduction. Uh, I introduced it as such in my uh, the first column that I'm writing on this series, just basically like rumor roundup and giving it a rating on the BS meter. We don't have to stick hard to this BS meter here, Charles, but basically it goes. One, little to no BS detected. One, it's a one out of five meter here. Number two, there's some degree of BS, but you know it's not too significant. Number three, all right, you're starting to push it a little. If it's a four, it's probably BS, but there's some hints of truth detected in what you're saying. And number five, uh, it's Carson Wentz getting traded for two first-round picks. That's total BS. Not going to happen. So we might throw some ratings out at these, but I basically just scanned the newswire, scanned the, the, the rumor mill, and uh, we'll just dive right into it. But first off, before we kind of get to some of the more uh, outlandish ones, let's talk about Big Ben uh, real quick because – it, it, it turns out the Steelers are going to bring him back. I was totally reading into it last week that, like, oh, they they really might let him go. You know, they really might just cut him because that was kind of the tone that was coming out of the organization. Anytime you start to use the phrase for now at the current moment and start kind of saying, hey, Mason Rudolph played pretty well in that, in that Browns game to end the season, that's the sort of stuff you start to kind of put out there as a team when you're ready to move on. But sounds like the Steelers are going to bring Ben back. They make that statement uh, this week. Where are you at with this team as a whole right now? Uh, boy, for the rumor, I'll go – uh, no BS. Like, I think he's going to be back uh, for two reasons. One, I mean, that cap figure is astronomical uh, for the upcoming season, $41.3 million for Big Ben, which puts him at the number one cap hit in the entire NFL for the upcoming season. And for that reason, like, who the hell else will want that? Like, based on what yeah. he did last year. Yeah. Uh, and really, it's for, for Ben at this point in his career, and especially for how he played last year, it's either Steelers or retirement. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't think that there's any other in between for him. So uh, I think it's going to be back. I think they're also extremely serious about trying to figure out a way to lower that cap fit for this year, whether uh, it's just a straight-up pay cut or if they do something like the Saints have done with Drew Brees where they're like, all right, well, we'll pay you, you know, X amount of dollars to not play for us and we'll spread this out over a couple of years so we can lessen this cap it because – uh, Pittsburgh is in a little, I wouldn't say cap hell, like they're just kind of, it, the budget's tight right now. And ba- based on what Ben did last year, you, you just can't put that amount of capital into that production, especially in a year where the cap is going to be dropped to like $180, $185 million. Ben kind of came out uh, was it, uh, through the athletic or whatever. He said, look, I'll, I'll play for free. You know, I, I just want to come back. And, and it, I'm sure That's his agents... Five. That's a five. Yeah, that's a five, <laughs> right? Because then I'm sure his agents were like, "Wait a second. <laughs> I, I think that I, I think he would. I, I think he'd be open to a pay cut, right? Like because again, does he really at this point want to start his you know last couple of years with some other team? I doubt it. I think it's Steelers or retirement for Ben. I'm I'm honestly surprised. You know, given the way that he was crying at the end of that Browns loss, you know, that it, we thought it was like him and Pouncey were, a, you know, a one-two deal there when one retires, the other would. I'm surprised he hasn't walked away, but I guess he doesn't really want to go out like that. I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of high hopes for this team next year either way. 
Um, on the Steelers note, uh, impending free agent Juju Smith-Schuster says he wants to re-sign with the Steelers. Actually went so far as to TMZ say like he wants to retire there. He wants his legacy to be in Pittsburgh. Um, my my thought there is good luck, buddy. Because uh, yeah. It, yeah, it sounds like th- that's sort of him trying to say as he's on his way out the door, like, I did my best. I wanted to stay in Pittsburgh. But it sounds like, I, I think one of their beat writers too basically said 0% chance he's on the roster next year. Yeah, I I think Juju does want to re-sign. I mean, moving sucks. Uh, I remember when <laughs> I remember when I talked to uh, Leonard Williams after he got traded from the Jets to the Giants. I asked him like, if he's excited about. It. He's like, yeah, because I don't have to move anywhere. Like I'm I'm taking just <laughs> a, a slight diversion to work, and everything's uh, all good. And, and I do think that you know he's 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 grown enough in this in this team and with this fan base. I think that coming back would be an appealing option for him. Now, I don't know if I would advise that for him just because we all saw like what state Big Ben was in by the end of the season. And uh, I think that if he wants to make some real money, like, you know, probably want to go somewhere else because I don't know how you feel about Juju, but man, like I would struggle being the team that ends up paying him, you know, like $16 million in free agency. And it's not, and it's just really like he hasn't done all that much since. Uh, Antonio Brown has left and Big Ben was kind of closer to the peak of his power. So in terms of him wanting to resign, I think I'll put that at a two because I, I think that he really would be interested in there. And obviously uh, he's had success there and the Steelers have a great history of football, but it, it feels a little dangerous on both sides to kind of make that long-term deal happen. I think my, my, my point is more that I think he is trying to like signal to the general public like I want to make this happen because he knows the team doesn't want to make this happen. Like yeah. if they wanted to sign him to that extension, they could have done it last year. You know, uh, they they didn't do it for for whatever reason. You know, I don't like to take a lot of like victory laps when I'm right for, you know, a player being not what people thought. But like coming at it. I, but let me do it here for a second. Uh <laughs> You know, in his first two seasons, he was like, you know, on an age-adjusted efficiency, whatever the hell uh, basis, one of the best receivers in the NFL um, from a numbers standpoint. But, man, I mean, when you watch him, he's not a guy that gets open versus man or press coverage. He's not a guy that wins on the outside. That's why they've, you know, got Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson in there. And and the fact that they keep churning these guys out, it's like, why would you – pay a, re- a replaceable player that play not even if he is a great version of that slot receiver you can find someone to win in that position you know on day two day three of the draft whatever like you can move Johnson inside more and have James Washington play outside like they've got guys uh I I think there's a zero percent chance the Steelers want him back at, at the salary that a team like the Raiders or the Jets a couple of teams that have been rumored to be interested in him I think they'll be much more comfortable paying someone just to bring some legitimacy to that wide receiver room that Juju would bring but doesn't really elevate you because he's not that number one receiver so I, I expect Juju to move on I expect the Steelers to not be a fun watch uh, oh, in yeah. 2021, but uh, yeah, they got a lot of tough decisions to make, man. You know, where everyone's talking about trying to get JJ Watt there, like good luck because, as you mentioned, they've got a tough salary cap situation. Yeah, and the thing, another thing with Juju is obviously like there's been some caveats to this production, like there's been injuries and in 2019, oh my god, like the Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges show was bad, but you're talking about literally every year of his career, his yards per target has dropped. 11.6 as a rookie, which is obviously unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8.6 uh, in 2018, 7.9 in 2019. 
and 6.5 last year. Like 6.5, like obviously like a lot of that has to do with Big Ben not just not being able to throw the ball downfield anymore. But once he started getting the six, seven, like around that range, you're talking about like running back efficiency in terms of yards per target. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and that's like you, you can't really throw big money at that. So I'm I'm I am fascinated to see what he ends up getting in free agency just because it's just not it just doesn't seem like a sound investment that team should be making. But just given his age, he, he might get the money he's looking for. Yeah, I think, again, if you're trying to bring some just legitimacy to your room, there's te- there's a temptation to it. I would love to see him in a spot where he is a clear cut number two option in a passing game like, you know, I- you could look at a team like Washington that has a guy in Terry McLaurin. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think Washington could look at a guy like Juju or Corey Davis or Will Fuller, guys who I think are mostly for sure number two receivers. Um, but you know they have a number one there, so I think that's kind of what the market that it, like if you want Juju to succeed in his next spot, I think that's the type of team you want him to go to. But I think any hope um, that he's a potential number one receiver is basically like unfounded completely at this point because uh, you basically got passed up by everybody on the depth chart last year. But it is what it is. Uh, let's move on to one that's kind of a two parter here. Uh, NFL Network's Mike Silver reports that uh, teams believe any deal for Russell Wilson would start. With three first-round picks. Now, this is like a double combo, like I said, because uh, one, how much of uh, where where on the BS meter is it that for you that Russell Wilson is actually in trade talks? And two, what do you think would it, it would cost to get him? Uh, five on the Russell Wilson in trade talks. Like, dude, what what's Seattle gonna do? Uh, yeah, and obviously, and also like with that question, like, why would they be trying to blow this up now? Uh, that's just kind of odd to me. And, like, at the start of the season, Russell Wilson was on, uh, like, a historic pace with the deep ball. So I don't know why they would be wanting to get rid of him outside of, like, the comments he made. But that would seem like a really petty reason to to move on from Russell Wilson. So I'm going to put a five that he will get traded. Uh, I think it's going to be Seattle lifer. I have no reason to think otherwise yet. Uh, but on the fact that, it would start with like three first round picks. That's a, a one, like putting on a zero. Yeah. Because uh, if, if, if you're going to talk about Deshaun Watson getting traded for three first round picks, Russell Wilson's in that same strat, uh, like stratosphere. And the only reason it's three first round picks is because that's the max that teams could trade uh, in you know the current window of, of draft pick <laughs> trading. So if you could do more, like I'm sure some teams would be thinking about four or uh, something like that. So. I, I I don't think that he's going to get traded. I think that that would be a really rash move by Seattle. He's obviously got insane chemistry with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Uh, and it's not like like Russ had his warts by the end of the season and that maybe the offensive coordinator switch will, will change that up for them. But it, it's just hard to think that you can get rid of a quarterback, this talent, who's like still got a couple of prime years left and theoretically like Seattle can still compete for a Super Bowl uh based on yeah. on what they have on offense and a couple pieces on defense this, this seems like five uh in terms of that he's on the trade market it would seem awful petty for Russ too to like demand a trade you know at this point like I guess he and Shoddy were tighter than some folks on the outside like necessarily would believe um, so he's kind of miffed about that. He's miffed about the fact that he gets hit too much. You know, those comments were out there, but I kind of think some of that is his fault, you know, like yeah. there's definitely, <laughs> I think at some point, it, like we have to come to a collective a- agreement about Russell Wilson, that he's a great player. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he probably contributes, uh, to some of the, 
some of the problems that have like persisted throughout the Russell Wilson era in 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 his time with the Seahawks, right? Like number one certainly gets hit too much. I think he brings some of that on himself, even though the offensive lines have generally been terrible. And two, you know, he's never been great at working the middle of the field. Uh, and that might be I hate to be quarterback heightist. But, like, that might be because he's short, you know? Like, it might be because of that. So I think that they can do a lot to make Russ's life easier for sure. And I actually think, like, bringing over an offensive mind from the Rams is probably the best move for that. They can give him a ton of layups in this version of the offense that he definitely did not have and was not afforded under Schottenheimer's scheme. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with the rest of the offseason because – it seemed like Pete kind of wanted to get back to running the ball a little bit more, which may not be a bad thing. But if you're going to do that, I think you got to do some work on the offensive line and running back. But you know, Russell yeah. Wilson, Chris not, Carson's not a free agent anywhere. too. Yeah, yep. It, it's 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 going to be a, a weird offseason for Seattle, but I don't think that Russell Wilson being traded is a part of that. Yeah, I think it's a fun thing to discuss. That's a num like a five on the BS meter. I tend to just completely disregard it um, yeah. as like a potential solution out there for teams. Um, Marcus Mariota, though, that is a guy that sounds like he could be on the move. Um, am I stupid for being like mildly intrigued with the Marcus Mariota thing? Because he has that great game. Look, I, I'll tell you what, I hated, hated. The Marcus Mariota offenses in Tennessee, like literally those were soul sucking to watch, you know, uh, because it was the, the like the thing that wrangles me the most about quarterback play is when guys are boring and they're conservative, you know, and it, despite having the physical talent, I think Mariota has that ability. But for whatever reason, he just ran those really boring offenses in Tennessee. However, comes out in his one game with the Raiders in relief of Derek Carr, when it looked like, by the way, Derek Carr was going to, you know, just be washed off the face of the planet for a while. But he comes out slinging um, for teams that don't win the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, that don't draft a quarterback in the first round. I feel like Mariota, like the fact that he could end up snagging a starting job, whether it's a team like Washington and New England were two that's been discussed. I feel like that's actually a pretty viable option. I, I gave that, mm-hmm. um, I gave that like a, a a two on the BS scale. Yeah, I mean that that I'm, I'm honestly intrigued too because I think the thing with Marcus is that we've all known like if he could just be healthy, like he could be a, a pretty good quarterback, but. Is like his body has just fallen apart over the past few years. Whereas elbow, lower extremity injuries, uh, he just hasn't really been able to stay healthy. But that one game, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. the one game uh, against the Chargers this year, like it kind of gave you a glimpse of like what Mariota kind of looked like his first and second years in the NFL. You know, decides to throw in the ball, uh, the, the zone read stuff was just killing the Chargers. Which, like, I don't know how you're just so shocked for that. Like, obviously, maybe you don't practice it every single day, but you got to know if they're going to put him in the game. Like some, they're going to pull some of yeah. that stuff. Uh, and he was just killing it with them. And I just thought that he looked good. He looked healthy. And, and that's, I guess, where you got to start with Marcus. Uh, and I think that um, an intriguing situation for him, like obviously like Washington is one uh, and, you know, other teams around the league, but the Jets, like if they, you know, swung a pick over to the Raiders for Marcus and then still take quarterback at two, like, you've really upgraded your quarterback room uh, from where you were last year with <laughs> Sam Darnold and Joe Flacco. Yeah, uh, right. So I, 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 I am, I know, I know. And, and he was, and, and he, and he was, he was the best quarterback on the Jets last year too, which is just uh. another hilarious fact. Uh, 
But, you know, for, for Mariota snagging the starting job via trade, I think that's like a two. Uh, because, one, like, I don't really see why the Raiders, if they're not sold on him staying as a starting quarterback, why would you pay him whatever he's going to get paid uh, for this year? Because I want to say it's around, like, $10 million. It's like uh, 10 can, million, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's a lot for a backup quarterback. So, I, I think you got to move on just financially, even though he's obviously just a fantastic backup quarterback to have. Uh whether he gets right, I'm not really concerned about if he gets traded. I'm more concerned about like if he gets into a situation where he's actually competing for like a long term starting job, which I don't really think we know yet. But just the fact that he gets traded, I'll put that in too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems untenable to have Carr and Mariota in the same room, um, especially because, well, there's a couple different reasons. You mentioned it financially, right? Like, it's not tenable for them to carry both of these guys. The Raiders actually aren't that well off from a cap situation. I think they're over the cap by just a little bit right now. But, like, they've got to get under, you know. Um, it's going to be tight for everybody this year. And they need to make some moves on the defensive side of the ball because that defense is, like, still laughably bad. They are not even close to figuring it out during Gruden's tenure so they need to move on from Mariota so I think that's like a lock that he ends he either ends up getting traded or he ends up getting cut and I do think there's going to be a temptation for teams to look at that and be like look we can we can wait the Raiders out on this one and you know maybe the team a team flies in with a day three pick uh late on the process because you know they don't want to get involved in a bidding war there uh I'm personally going to be wish casting almost any above average quarterback to Washington this mm-hmm. offseason purely out of selfishness because uh I want Tar- Terry McLaurin to play with a guy uh who's above average for God's sakes like I'm not trying to have I just I, I now just all these years later uh after being captivated by Allen Robinson I'm now just at a point where maybe he's going to get himself an above average quarterback M- maybe even average. I mean, hell, we could even be looking at average. I don't know. Um, I'm not trying to go through the same experience with Terry McLaurin. So I'm going to be wish casting everyone to Washington. Mariota could definitely be an option there. Um, another, while we're talking about how smart I am, another one of my guys, Chris Godwin. I was about to, was about uh, to say, you, you nailed this one. Yeah, another one, another one of my guys, Chris Godwin. Um, he was on the Pat McAfee show recently talking about how he's kind of, you know, he wants to get paid, he wants to get his long term deal, he wants to stay in Tampa, but he's kind of sounds a little iffy on the franchise tag. This is another one where I'm like, buddy, they're probably going to tag you. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think 31 teams, if Chris Godwin was on the market, would like should think about it because he's that type of player from a wide receiver standpoint but he's also just like a badass blocker like I would love to see um I would love to see him in Baltimore you know I think he'd be a perfect fit there uh everyone would hate it from a fantasy perspective because he wouldn't get the same type of targets whatever um you know everyone would come in with the Lamar can't throw jokes uh but I think he would be a perfect fit from a pass and run perspective in Baltimore but probably um I'm going to say Chris Godwin being iffy about the tag. That's a that's a five out of five on the BS meter. I think he's going to end up signing that franchise tender. Yeah, I, I think that he's going to end up signing it. But just in terms of him being iffy about the idea of it, I'll put that out of the zero. I mean, this yeah. guy, he he's he's about to turn 25 in a couple of days. Uh, he already has a Pro Bowl. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Like, dude, all pro. He's an all pro. He's an all yeah. pro uh, all in 2018. Pro, Dude, run me my money now. Like, if this is not going to be a... Like, it, it, like, obviously, the Bucks have the control here because they can slap you with the tag. But if I'm him, like, I'm doing everything I can to try to get a long-term deal out of this because at, at his age, you know, if he keeps putting up these numbers and, and playing well, 
like if he plays all 16 games last year, he, he probably clears the 100 yard or 1,000 yard mark, and he was a big key for them in the Green Bay game uh, to advance to the Super Bowl. Like if he keeps picking up, picking up this pace, there's a chance that he can get two long term deals uh, in a career, which is obviously like extremely hard to do. But with the start he's gotten off to at his age, like it's it's feasible for him. And if you're Chris Godwin, you want to get started on that sooner rather than later. But if they if they tag him, I I don't really envision this being a scenario where he just sits out. Like I think if yeah. they tag him, I I wouldn't even be surprised if that's just to buy them more time. Uh, on a long term deal because they they have to figure out, uh, you know, a couple free agents that are expiring. Uh, like most teams this year, like maybe they're a little bit up against the cap, uh, just because it drops so much. But uh, if he gets a tag, I think he's going to sign it, and I would be shocked if he's not a Buccaneer this year, just because you know even last year in the way that they're passing offense was scaled back, he was still a major part uh, of that offense uh, with Tom Brady, so. They're they're gonna need his talents if they want to re if they want to repeat as Super Bowl champions, but Chris has definitely got to be hoping for that long term deal to come through at some point. But in terms of him like not signing the franchise tag if they offer it, I'll put that at a five. Uh, he's gonna be in Tampa Bay next year. Uh, whether he's secured through you know the upcoming season still has to be answered. Yeah, um, a couple things that you brought up like it's easy to make the parallel to him and Robinson because they're both, they're both Penn state receivers. They're both studs, but like Robinson had that same thing where he's the first contract he signed with the bears was when he was around Godwin's age. And now he's 27 about to potentially hit the open market. Again, it is that like double dip before you're 30 sign two big fat contracts. That's what everybody wants. Right. Um, and in terms of the bucks, they are interesting because they've got, They've got a lot of guys, you know, available, like coming up this year. Obviously, you've got sort of the the Indomitian Sues, the Antonio Browns, the Leonard Fournette, those guys, the Gronks, those guys that came to the team this year. But Shaq Barrett's a free agent. Levante David, like those are guys that they might think like maybe we tag one of them instead of Godwin. I don't know. There, I think there's a small chance that he's not with the Bucks next year, but I would put it very unlikely. I did appreciate – I listened to the interview that he had on uh, McAfee's show. I did appreciate how he's like, yeah, if I go somewhere else next year, I'm probably getting that number 12 back. Let me tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to get it up to Brady, but once you get that back, he's he's good enough that he can he can kind of get that back if he wants to. On a different yeah, yeah I'd like to see that. Not not really. I don't love the number fourteen. Not a very aesthetically uh, pleasing jersey number. Uh, even though like Diggs has fourteen, a lot of receivers I like have fourteen. But whatever it is, whatever it is. that's a whole <laughs> other that's a whole other podcast. Um, next one, the Athletic Shield Capadia believes Aaron Jones could get fifteen million dollars a year in free agency. Um, I'm going to put that at a four out of five, but the the next part of it. Um, there's another rumor out there that the Miami Herald's uh, Barry Jackson reports there's mutual interest between the Dolphins and Aaron Jones. That part of it, I put it at a one out of five. Like that makes a lot of sense that pairing. But 15 million a year with running, it's always dicey when it comes to running backs because you know uh, Charles, they're they're obviously not people. So yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> uh, they don't have they don't deserve to have rights. They don't deserve to eat. You know all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, much. We'll see if we let him vote. Much less, uh, you know, <laughs> whether we give him fifteen million bucks a year. The running back suffrage movement is coming, uh, and Aaron Jones team. might be a leader. Look, in terms of him getting fifteen million, I think I'll put that at a three, like kind of verging on it. But like, starting <laughs> to push it. Starting to push it. There are teams that will still pay. Uh, I don't know if the Packers are going to be that team, uh, but. 
you know, it's just such a tough ask. Like fifteen million uh, on an average basis. You're, the only like the only people that are making that number are Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. And I think the Cowboys are at a point where they wish they could redo that one. Yeah, uh, because he just kind of hasn't done much. But like Derrick Henry uh, is at what twelve point five million. Twelve point five. Yep. That's that, that's kind of where you got to start, I think. If you're Aaron Jones, of course he wants the fifty million, but I just kind of find it hard to believe with everything that we keep knowing about running backs, like he's going to get that money. And it's tough, man. Like because like he should ask for fifty million, and like he yeah. should be pushing for all that he can. It's not his fault that coronavirus happened and pooped on the cap space, and that he plays running back. People don't want to play pay running backs. Uh, it, it's just a tough sell based on everything that we know uh about the position and and how easy it can be re- to replace like high tier talent. I do think he's one of the best running backs in the league, but in terms of Miami being interested, oh that's a one. Like they they should be all over this. Uh they just really didn't have much of a ground game last year and um, to be honest with you, I forgot who their two running backs were uh over the course of the season last year. So Aaron Jones, like he should be in the running for them. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he eventually gets like a hefty, hefty contract from them. But getting up to 15 million per, that's that's tough to do, even with a team that's still flexible a cap like the Dolphins. Yeah, um, the two running backs for the Dolphins were uh, Salvan, Salvan Ahmed and um, and Miles Gaskin. I have to know that because uh, I I do fantasy work, so I got to know every running back that breathes uh, because they all get hurt and <laughs> they all play at some point. So they actually put some decent uh, production together. Uh, I, listen, I know your boy over here started uh, Selvan Ahmed in a couple of fantasy leagues here and there, and he actually put <laughs> put up a couple of good games. So like th- that would show that I think they have the right ecosystem to bring in you know an Aaron Jones type who, from a resume perspective, averaged 1,500 yards from scrimmage the last two years, 30 total touchdowns the last two years. Like he's, he's put up the numbers to commit man that 15 million per year salary it is just going to be tough when a team looks at um you know derrick henry who i think derrick could have pushed for 15 million you know he could have like really played hardball with the titans but probably was just like i mean for one derrick henry total gem nicest player in the nfl i always say it the the, the, the (laughs) coolest the coolest the coolest one out there uh he's just like he probably just accepts like this is the ecosystem this is what it is this is the best place for me to be um and i think that 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 marriage between Jones and the Dolphins could could come to that, right? Because it's they're they're kind of one of the few teams, the Miami Dolphins, that have the luxury of a little extra cap space, a lot of extra cap space. You know, they're 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 still up there as one of the most um, cap heavy teams in the NFL, and a need at the running back position. I mean, when you look at the teams that have the most cap space right now, it's like the Jaguars, the Jets, the Patriots, the Colts, Washington. Um, you know, maybe the Patriots. Like, I actually thought about that today too. Like. What if the Patriots add Aaron Jones, you know, because they want to run the ball. They want to establish the run. But, like, God almighty, they do, they have, like, a terrible running back depth chart. Um, you know, are we doing the Rex Burkhead experience for the 100th year in a row? I'd, I'd really rather not. So, I don't know. I, I do think, though, that it makes perfect sense for Jones and uh, the the Dolphins to find their, their way to each other. Yeah, and I, I hope Jones gets his money. Uh, I just don't think that that's going to be an easy task for him. 
No, it is not. And by the way, uh, yeah, it's definitely not. It, like one thing I will say is like a negative five on the BS meter is that if Aaron Jones wants fifteen million per year, he's played his last down uh, for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's done. That's done. Yeah, that's, if he wants that's fifteen a, million, that, it's over. It's over. You know that that AJ Dillon and those uh, big ass thighs will be rumbling through uh, the Green Bay snow next year, and I'm actually excited about that. I don't know where you like the AJ Dillon pick was terrible because of just the context of like what they probably needed to do. I guess not at this point, right? They had a great season. Um, I think you can still argue it probably wasn't the best draft pick, but I am personally excited to see A.J. Dillon uh, play for the Green Bay Packers next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's an absolute tank. I mean, I, I still enjoy that style of running backs. I mean, guys who are just going to run you the hell over. So I'm excited to see what that looks like, uh, especially with the passing game that the Packers should continue to have. Like, I'm I'm real intrigued by AJ Dillon to kind of get in the lead role there because I wasn't a big fan of his coming out of uh, Boston College. I was like, come on, man! Like it's not 1983. Like what kind of pick is this? But uh, <laughs> he, he's he's a he's a beast, man! Like he was dragging dudes uh, in those playoff games, like the close of the season. I'm 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 more willing to you know be receptive to this than I was when the pick was made. Yeah, I, I'm ready to go. Way aggressive on uh, AJ Dillon in fantasy next year. I'm I'm already willing to just like stamp that pick. Like I'm I'm gonna overdraft the hell out of him and be super wrong about that. But it's gonna be a fun one to watch for sure. Uh, this next one, uh, I, I I got some thoughts on this. Right, um, apparently Kenny Galladay, they, the 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 he might be a franchise number. Let's take this in two parts again. He might be a franchise tag option. That makes total sense. But the uh, Lions might also tag and trade him. And if so, they want uh, a second round pick uh, for Kenny Galladay. Am I stupid? For what, Number one, I, I believe all that is, is like one out of five on the BS meter. I think he would be available for trade, even if that's kind of a dumb idea. I also think that they might they might tag him too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I could go either way on that. Uh, but am I stupid for thinking – if I'm a team that's in a contending window and I need a vertical wide receiver, uh, would I, I, I might think about flipping a second round pick for Kenny Galladay, even though obviously you got to pay him really soon because he's a free mm-hmm. agent and um, you might, you can do the one year thing with him, but still um, I, I threw that out on Twitter the other night and I knew it was a good, I knew it was a good question because I, I got, you know, a mix of, absolutely 100% you do that deal and uh no stupidest trade in the whole world I'm like all right that's when you know you've got you've got a good mix when some folks are like yeah good <laughs> idea and you know at Pat's Sox Celtics fan tells you no idiot you know it's a good mix uh, of folks there yeah I mean I I would be fine doing that uh like if I if my team needed a receiver and we were like on the cusp of being like a real deal offense I, I would be all about trading a second round pick uh for Kenny Galladay I mean he was banged up last year, but when he was in, he was balling last year. Uh, I thought he played really well for for the very limited game action that he gave them. And that game against I, your Falcons, like yeah, uh, you know, yeah, like, eh, sorry, but you know, every <laughs> single catch was like the most outstanding catch you've ever seen. Like, could have yeah, been a he, whole highlight reel for the entire season. Yeah, that game was an absolute embarrassment, especially at the end. But uh, oh. that's not new for the Falcons either. Uh, <laughs> I I just. Like, I just can't I – guess, I guess where I go with the Lions is when I think about their offseason is like, oh, my God, Jared Goff is, like, set up to fail because Kenny Gold is a free agent, and I think that is very reasonable to 
trade him. Uh, just like if you're going to go all in on this rebuild, what do you really need Kenny Galladay for to sit around and, and you know waste away? Um, you know the, these losing teams about to come up. Like I would, if if I'm really serious about this, and just based on the Jared Goff trade and the compensation that they got, it seems like they are pretty serious about just kind of blowing this thing up and starting over. Uh, I I don't think you have huge use for Kenny Galladay's, and I think it's just kind of the right thing to let him go. I obviously you know these entities, billion dollar entities, are not always going to do the right thing or look out in the best interest of the players, but it just kind of seems like the the rest of this Kenny Galladay Lions marriage, as we see for the foreseeable future, is just going to be a waste of time. So just kind of move on. Uh, see if you can get a second round pick for him. And like I said, like if I'm obviously, I don't think they would trade him to a division rival, but like if I'm the Packers, like I would flip yeah. pick for him uh, for sure. Uh, it's going to be a little bit tough because like, like, like we've talked about a lot in this pod, like there's not a whole lot of cap space going around this year, uh, but there's still teams like, you know, the Raiders that could make a move, maybe even the Dolphins uh, try to get into those mistakes, but the Colts, right. Uh, if they want to give, Carson wants a real chance with some legit weapons, but I I 100% believe that like the upcoming years of this Lions regime is about to be a total rebuild. Which what do you what do you need Kenny Galladay who's like going to be 30 by the time you really start getting competitive? That just seems like kind of a waste of his career. Yeah, like in a theoretical world where they hang on to. Kenny Galladay. I actually think Jared Goff, you know, I mean, he's going to have no time to do it probably behind what's a, you know, declining offensive line. So maybe none of this matters, but I, you know, Goff does have a decent arm. Like he can whip that thing downfield a little bit when the structure is right. The structure is probably never going to be right in Detroit. So what's the point? Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is all very possible. Uh, and I, I definitely think it's a good idea if some team wants to get involved. Maybe even like, I, I know I keep wish casting. Uh, this is another thing I keep doing is like wish casting Allen Robinson to the Chargers um, because they actually have you know 23 million in cap space they definitely have to look at their offensive line for sure Um, but man they would look like someone that in the Mike Williams role that's like a souped up version of that Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay that could actually be pretty fun uh, for the LA Chargers with Justin Herbert coming into his second season so probably not gonna happen but definitely something to uh, you know to think about Uh, next one here Speaking Wednesday, 49ers general manager John Lynch said, I really believe Jimmy Garoppolo will be the team's starting quarterback in 2021. Um, I'm going like all the way on, like I'm coming back from one to five. So maybe I settle somewhere on three with this one because I feel like John Lynch might want to believe it. But I still feel like Kyle Shannon at some point is like, how can I get Deshaun Watson to San Francisco? How can I get anyone other than this guy here in San Francisco? Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm like in between a two and a three on this because, like, if, if I just don't understand, like, if you're the 49ers, what do you have to gain from keep like doing this? Uh, yeah, because either either he's going to be hurt, and I know you got to the Super Bowl. Uh, that one year, but like that was like low key, like an all time good defense that you guys had, and that's really tough to replicate as you're seeing. And like even even they were hurt last year. Saleh did a good job of the defense, and that's why he kind of got the Jets job. But still, like you're just kind of pilling around in mediocrity for no reason. So if you're the 49ers, like you you have options. I mean, one Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is pretty easy to get out of, and I think that that was smart. Uh, you know 
contract constructing by John Lynch in the front office when they made that deal happen. So, like, if you want to move on, you definitely can. Uh, and two, like, they're picking 12th in the draft. Like, theoretically, like, if you if you want to make a move and, and go up and get somebody, you don't have to jump, like, too high to get it get there. Like, yeah. you, maybe you want to get to four where Atlanta's uh, picking and say, hey, you guys should run it back one more time with Matt Ryan. And uh, we'll go up there. We'll get Justin Fields or whoever, whoever the Jets don't pick. Or if you want to make that trip, Miami or Cincinnati, like teams that have a quarterback for the upcoming season like that, you, they should be in talks with those people. But uh, it's also kind of tough because like the like the main option is that you will want, if you're the 49ers, like one of them's gone with Matt Stafford to – uh, the Rams, and if you're going to make the trade for Deshaun Watson, personally, I would have no problem putting together any pack of trades that you're talking about to make that thing happen. But you know, I I, I can see like a spot where even the 49ers are a little bit timid to make that that move happen because it's just it's a lot to give up. I mean, we were talked about before. You're starting at three first round picks and probably another. Uh, you know, solid start on your team, whether that's like a Fred Warner. I, I don't think you have to give up Nick Bosa, but it's like you're going to have to give up a player that hurts to lose in that mm-hmm. transaction. So that's that can be tough to pull the trigger on if you're a front office, but I just don't understand. Like if you are John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, what are you hoping for with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back? Like you've kind of seen the best of his abilities as a full-time starter, yeah, they got you to the Super Bowl, but I don't think that anyone would say that he was the engine for making that happen. So it's 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 a sticky situation that they're in, which is why I kind of keep getting stuck with between and and like, you know, when I think about this on my own, like I'm with you, like I'm all over the place. Like there's days where I think like, yeah, I guess they're just going to bring him back. And then other days I'm like, really, you're going to run it back with Jimmy G? Like, because yeah. because I, I kind of think that as good as, as good of a coach that I, I think Kyle Shanahan is, and obviously, like, I, I, like being a Falcons fan, I think he's a tremendous coach. You know, the clock's ticking on this thing a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't just keep running it back over and over and over again and keep trying to get the same uh, the same results with, with Jimmy G. And I guess if, if they're really just not about trading these assets to go get a, a quarterback, then sure. But I, I guess, like, to to kind of cop out, I'll go with uh, a three with on the yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's starting to push it exactly like you said because it's what what are you expecting here? We've seen like the absolute peak outcome of this is we've we've already seen it. And how repeatable is that? I don't think it's very repeatable. Um, I let me tell you what though, I, I saw a few folks, you know. Are they really going to – would they give up someone like Nick Bosa in addition to all these draft picks? Uh, Kyle Shanahan would 1,000% send Nick Bosa out the freaking door uh, if he could get Deshaun Watson in the building. I, I 100% believe that, like, no one is is touchable because – and th- they have, I think, the best by far infrastructure – uh, of offensive pieces around the quarterback it, it, during the Kyle Shanahan uh, era. I love Brandon Ayuk. Samuel's great when he plays in the particular role that he's in. Obviously, George Kittle is like an all-time talent at tight end. Uh, if they bring back Trent Williams at left tackle, they've got a decent line there. Like, that's that's a really nice setup if you, dra- if you just drop like a high end or even, you know, 
well above average quarterback there, I think they could really be flying from an offensive perspective. But I don't know. Like you said, they might be kind of tempted to just sit on their sit on their hands. But like clock's ticking. I I totally agree with exactly what you said. Um, let's move on to these last two ones here. I will admit, Charles, I am not even close to you know in depth on these draft prospects. But uh, this one certainly caught my attention. Uh, Matt Miller of the Draft Scout reported Wednesday that one NFL team has BYU. This is last Wednesday, um, not the the Wednesday we're recording this on. Uh, quarterback Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence on its board. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting. Shout out to Eric Galco. Used to sign the checks way, 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 oh, way yep. back in the way day. Way back. Sure did. <laughs> way back in the day. Uh, went a step further saying that multiple teams have Wilson ahead of Lawrence as the top quarterback on the board uh i mean teams are stupid enough right but i'm still gonna go five uh on the bs meter on this one yeah i mean i guess i'll go I, the only thing preventing me from going five is that i know some teams are absolutely stupid enough to do this yeah uh, right <laughs> so I, i'll i'll go four on the bs uh ladder but dude i i i i, I mean I, galco doesn't care like i i talked to him about this I'm like bro are you are you crazy because he he said that Wilson's better than Lawrence too, and I, I've I've watched I've watched a fair amount of both guys, and I I just don't see like how you can come to that conclusion. It's it's like what three years of elite production from Trevor Lawrence in the ACC won a national title. Like, dude, we were all talking just three years ago about, or not even maybe not even three four years ago about how incredible it was for him to just destroy Alabama. On national stage, destroyed, destroyed them, and now we're going to say <laughs> some, you know, one one year wonder from BYU who made up their own schedule this year, doesn't play football, didn't play a single Power Five school, I don't think this year, uh, or maybe they played USC. But come on, man! Like I yeah. just don't get what you're watching that could lead you to that conclusion. Uh, I mean, I don't not to just make this a damn draft take. Uh, hot take pod but uh like i don't i don't see anything that zach wilson does better than trevor lawrence and that's not even like a real slight on zach wilson's game because yeah it's not like that bad right because trevor lawrence is that good and it's not as if trevor lawrence is um you know freaking like sam bradford out there just putting up big time numbers and stuff uh your your colleague steven ruiz i was uh, seeing right because just on twitter like an idiot all the time i saw he tweeted out like a great clip of uh him making like an unbelievable throw to buy time uh with a long developing route uh you know he even invoked the the mahomes ish like not copping to mahomes but it's like a mahomes thing for him to do lawrence has that wow you know ability to him like he's not just a tom brady efficient compiler type of quarterback he has that um that the athleticism the athleticism to him to be the like one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl and like you said we've been saying this for like three years right right and all of a sudden now it's gonna change because zach wilson came on the scene like why are we not asking questions about where is this zach wilson in 2019 like oh he's here and he's gonna be great okay uh that's fine and to be fair like i think zach is a great prospect but He's not yeah. Trevor Lawrence, man. And I feel like I mean you've you've been following drafts on Twitter for like forever. Like like we both have. Too long. <laughs> uh yeah, way too long. You know, people get people get bored of these guys that are in the limelight for multiple yeah. years at a time. Yeah. Uh I mean, I remember that like this is before I like I got on Twitter, but I remember watching like ESPN back when Andrew Luck was in the draft and they're you know breaking down his his faults like the nitty gritty. I'm like, damn. 
like this guy was going to be the number one pick to the Panthers if he came out the year before. So like, I don't no. really understand what has changed. And he still put up big numbers. And like, we're in the same spot with uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I, I, I am not willing to listen to anyone that has Zach Wilson over him. Uh, I, I'm sure that their team is on it. And I know that Galco has it because I, I think I called him uh, a clickbaiter over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I, 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 I like. It's tre- come on, Trevor's quarterback one, plain and simple. Yeah. And uh, maybe you can have a discussion about Wilson and Fields. I still lean Fields there, but like that's a more reasonable discussion than anyone in in Lawrence. Yeah, at the end of the day, some teams might have Wilson ahead of Lawrence, but the Jacksonville Jaguars do not. Uh, so none of this really matters. You know, he'll go number one overall in the draft, and that's that. Um, last thing uh, before we get you out of here, and this is kind of a two-parter here, multiple-parter actually, because uh, Panthers owner David Tepper is, quote, obsessed with finding the team's long-term quarterback. I think we're both going to agree that's a one out of five. Like, yep. I don't think I don't think he's desperate, which leads to the next part. But, man, I have never seen a team publicly signal – uh, like the Panthers have publicly signaled, like, please don't let us go into 2021 with Teddy Bridgewater as our starting quarterback, which what did you think was going to happen <laughs> with Teddy Bridgewater? Like this was the Teddy Bridgewater experience. And I get that. Obviously they eventually figured they would draft a young guy at some point, but you know, they were all in on the, the Matthew Stafford trade. But the reason I say they're not desperate is because they were apparently not even involved at all uh, in the uh, Carson Wentz discussion. So it's not like any available quarterback will do, but what do you think about the, the Panthers potentially uh, flinging a big offer at, uh, at the Texans for Deshaun Watson? I mean, you and I have both agreed with the Deshaun Watson situation on, on Twitter that it's like if you uh, if you if you did this to like if Madden did this to you, you know, you send like a notification out on Madden like, oh, sorry, your team has chosen its pastor over uh, the franchise quarterback. You, you know, you'd quit. You throw your whole console out the window like this is beyond parody what's going on in Houston. But if he was to get traded, like there's been some offers floated around that the Panthers could make like Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, Chris McCaffrey, Brian Burns. Burns is a tough one to part with, you know, all these first round picks like. I think the Panthers are going to be involved in basically every quarterback discussion uh, from here on out. Yeah. uh, I mean, obviously Tepper is very clearly obsessed with finding teams long-term quarterback. And like you, like you said, like what did you think you were getting yourself into with uh, this Teddy Bridgewater stuff? Because it's not like, like Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers was always kind of a weird fit for me because I, I, I never really thought that, Teddy, especially post-injury, that he's going to be this guy that, like, elevates what you're doing out there. But he's also, like, not bad enough to be, like, where the Jaguars or Jets were yeah. last season. Uh, like, he did have a couple of good games uh, last season where, you know, you're getting the ball out on time and you're, you're executing the offense, offense basically to the, the highest of his capabilities uh, a few times last season, which is kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater experience at this point. You know, pretty mediocre, but... Uh, a few flashes of greatness, and then the bottom falls out, and those are the really, really bad games. But uh, it, it just kind of felt like for a team that was going to be rebuilding for a long time and going through, like, pretty much not just, like, a, a coaching staff, like, facelift, but, like, an entire organizational facelift, why get yourself stuck with this Teddy Bridgewater crap? Uh, 
and good for Teddy for get securing the bag and tricking the Panthers and all that, all that <laughs> wonderful stuff that I love to see uh, during free agency. Uh, I mean, they've been in on the Stafford trade. They were, they were in a little bit on the Wentz trade. Uh, they're going to be in on Deshaun Watson's sweepstakes. That really ever gets off the ground. Uh, so it's a one on them being obsessed with the long-term quarterback, but Matt Jones, like, yeah, this let's, let's end on this one. This was, that's, that's tough too. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, so I remember, uh, for clear, for clarity's sake, for the listeners who have right. a life and didn't see this, um, Mac Jones, university, of Alabama, uh, Mike Tannenbaum, former GM of your New York jets, uh, he, he said that his his floor is the eighth overall pick uh, to the Carolina Panthers. That would be let me tell you what that would be tough for for Panthers fans out there to um, to go through this whole offseason. Like, wow, we offered the eighth overall pick for Stafford. They were so in on the Watson talk. Like, you know, Ian Rapport keeps hammering that they're a possible uh, suitor. Watson apparently is okay with the trade to the Panthers, and then you end up with Mac Jones at eight overall. Yeah, uh, I know my. my co-worker Steven Ruiz is a Panthers fan he said that between Cam leaving and Mac Jones that would probably be it for him as a Panthers fan and I I, I can't Good imagine idea. That, that he's the only one that feels that way I mean here it's two things with Mac Jones and one is come on like it, it's just like if you watch him play let's hear obviously the numbers are great He's a fantastic college quarterback, but in the context of like translating what he did last year to the NFL, it's just, it's so vanilla. It's nothing. I know that, you know, they have a former offensive coordinator, uh, NFL offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, who's with the Falcons, but I honestly think that Steve just kind of looked at it and was like, yo, all of my players are better than the players that I'm playing against. So I'm going to (laughs) make this as easy as possible outside of like a couple plays a game where I'm going to do run some trick plays or some wheel routes or whatever. Uh, I mean, the offense is like, we're going to run the ball with Najee Harris behind our five-star offensive line, and we're going to run a lot of RPOs and slants and get the ball into the hands of Devonta Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy, and uh, Jalen Waddle. And like, there has to be a baseline level of talent to be able to execute that to the efficiency that he did, but it's not a skill set that he has that makes you excited about taking him top 10 overall. Like, if I'm if I'm a team that's good, that's thinking about taking Mac Jones in the first round, like what are you hoping that this turns out to be? Uh, Mac, like Andy Dalton, 2015, yeah, where, where everything is like on fire around him, and you put up an efficient an efficient season. Uh, that's that's like the first point I have about Mac Jones. Like this, from a skill set standpoint, this makes no sense, and the ceiling is not really that high. But also, if Tua can go five. And Mac Jones, like, in Tua, they kind of did, like, the same exact thing at Alabama. Why not Mac Jones go top 10? And that's, that's the did you see, part. D- did you see Devonta Smith? Um, they asked him, like, who's better? I think they asked him who's better, Jalen Hurts or uh, Tua. And he was like, oh, uh, Mac Jones. Yeah. Better than, better than both of them. That's tough, tough look for Dolphins fans and Tua right there. Uh, it, it, it sucks because, like, I, I Tua or Tua weirdly he like kind of got worse throughout the year was going last year yeah. like by the end of the year you know you bench twice for Patrick and uh, the thing that Mac Jones makes me think about it's not it's not really anything to do with Mac it's more like well what about our evaluations of Tua because he was able to step in there and 
do the same exact thing, actually get a little bit better numbers. Uh, my buddy Seth Gleaner, who works over Pro Football Focus, thinks that Mac actually paid better than Tua uh, mm. this past year. But what does that make us think about Tua's evaluation of someone like Mac Jones, who really no one thinks is all that talented, can come in and just blaze college football on fire and put up like a season that's comparable to what LSU did in 2019? Like that's what makes me think a little bit. Like what what what, what does this say about what Tua's prospects are for the NFL? If someone like Mac Jones can come in and do the same exact thing. No, I, I feel the same way. That's a, that's definitely a good point. Uh, I'll just say this about the Panthers and uh, Mac Jones. If they if they want to move on from Teddy Bridgewater because of physical limitations, apparently that's the talk. Number one, again, what the hell do you think was going to happen? Number right. two, I don't think you want to move on then to Mac Jones. So I'm hoping for all my Panthers fans out there, uh, all my friends and family, that this is a five out of five, but we shall see. Uh, Charles, you said it all. You've done it all. Uh, tell the people out there where they can find you uh, and what you're working on right now. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Four Verts. Uh, me and my coworker Stephen Ruiz, we talked about a few times throughout the podcast. We're honestly just trying to figure out like how we want to tackle this free agency and draft stuff. Like it's so different than usual because there's no combine this year, and I think even the date for uh, the players for the draft has been pushed back a little bit too. Like it's just it's weird, a, yeah. a weird offseason. So. Uh, we're figuring that out, but you can catch us on The Counter, uh, which is a podcast we do with our editor, Chris Corman. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you should check it out, and hopefully we can get you on there at some point before the draft. I'm going to coerce you into doing that now that we have that on uh, on recording. Uh, and uh, <laughs> this week I'm taking like my first swing outside of, uh, outside of football. I'm interviewing this dude... <laughs> This dude named Swag, which is like, I feel like it's very appropriate for me, like my first like non-football feature. Like, I'm going to write this Warzone <laughs> player uh, named Swag. But nice. I, 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 I was watching one of his uh, his streams a couple of weeks ago. I was doing work on like a Saturday night. And while he's playing, like Odell Beckham hits him up like, yo, let's play. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? And then Colin Murray <laughs> later in the stream hit him up like, yo, let's play. I'm like... I was like, who is this kid? So I started looking more into it and uh, actually got really intrigued by his journey. So I'm talking to him nice. uh, sometime this weekend and then hopefully I'll have that out next week. So that's what I'm working on. Love it. All right. Well, you can you can lock me in for that uh, that podcast appearance anytime you want. I'm excited. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers to talk about uh, in the draft. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers to talk about. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on, man. So anytime. Uh, Charles, thank you so much. Everyone out there, make sure to follow him. Uh, check out his work and uh, believe everything we've said about all these rumors because there's no way uh, any of our predictions will be incorrect. We were right about everything. You can verify that and take it to the bank. In the meantime, while you're waiting for all those predictions to come true, check out all of our great podcast offering here at Yahoo Sports. Check out the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our friend Pat Forty from SI. And post it up with Chris Haynes to talk all things NBA. Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And Charles is at 4Verts. We'll be back next week. But until then, we are out. <laughs>